<laughs> hey everybody and welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host Patty G. I'm here with Chase Weatherly of Elephant Realty. He is the marketing director, marketing extraordinaire. Some even compare him to the great Gary Vee. No, I don't know who does that. But. <laughs> um, well, welcome Chase. Welcome to the Patty Appreciate G Show. Appreciate you having me. We just did a complete 180. Me being a guest on your show yep. and now you being a guest on my show. Yep. How does it feel? Uh, this is actually my first time being a guest on a podcast. So, no. as I mentioned to you before, hopefully I sound relatively intelligent while replying or answering, or hopefully even answering your questions. Hopefully I can do that. Well. Dude, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think you most definitely can. I'm, I'm having to, to change gears a bit from being the interviewee yeah. to now to the interviewer, so it's a bit of a shift, but it's fun, man. Cool. I love being on your show. It was a great, it was a blast. So, for those that aren't aware, what is it that you do for Elephant Realty? So I am the marketing director, okay. and uh, we are a commercial real estate firm here in Baton Rouge. So I was actually just telling someone uh, recently, a friend of mine, that uh, if I tell someone I'm the marketing director at a commercial real estate company, I think most people would kind of understand what I do. Uh, my friend who is a lobbyist, I said, if someone asks you what you do, and he says, I'm a lobbyist, most people would have no clue what he does every day. So I'm sure most people understand what I do, but briefly, I basically make the company look good, make our clients look good. Um, and so I handle, you know, obviously we market properties for buyers and sellers and things like that. So I handle all of that side, which is coming up with marketing collateral for properties, putting together the marketing packages, pictures, editing pictures, property information, making all that stuff look nice. Um, and look on brand and what uh, more well put together than all the competition. That's the goal. Um, so I do that. That's kind of the less seen version, I guess, uh, of what I do. And that takes, that's probably like, I, I mean, probably 50% of the time that I spend. The other half is all of the, the external marketing. So all the social media, all the content stuff that we try to put out, um, ads that we put in magazines or on the web. Uh, things like that so yeah and that's so like from the from the perspective of a commercial real estate firm you do I mean I'll do all the basic advertising you do where your your signs are and the properties and you have your magazine advertisements or wherever else you may advertise generally but what I want to get into really is y'all take it to like a whole new level with social media I mean everybody knows a realtor out there everybody's yep. got a friend that's a realtor yep. out there and I'm not saying that every other realtor does it terribly, by no means am I saying that. What I'm saying is the way y'all craft your social presence is unique in the sense that you leave no stone unturned in regards to the reach and the ability that you have at your fingertips to connect with people. We try, yes. Well, dude, I think you <laughs> succeed, man. That's good to hear, for sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, our kind of our thesis is, as you alluded to, uh, we pretty much whatever Gary Vaynerchuk says to do, we try to do. I try to do. Um, and so my boss, Matthew, who started the company, he's like the main broker. Um, and he's very much of the same mindset with all of that. Um, we're, we're like, so we're, like, we're the same age and um, I had a marketing business. He's obviously a business owner. So uh, we kind of understand what Gary Vee is like saying and kind of the reasons that he says to do the things that he says to do. Um, and so, yeah, so it's good to hear you say that because I think from my opinion, we, 
you know, of course, with any business, you want to set yourself apart from the competition to be the obvious choice for clients. And so I think that's one area that we try to do our best to take advantage of is social media presence. Because for the most part, um, not many commercial real estate companies, there's a, like a lot, and especially residential uh, real estate agents, um, there's a lot of those who do that really well and have really great social media presence. But we do try uh, to set ourselves apart with that in commercial real estate. So, yes, thanks. <laughs> I, I love it. I think we have a, we have the... Inquiring the trying, minds. Trying so, in. Y'all know that, uh, that red button? Yeah. Oh, there was a red button not pressed. Red button was not pressed. Oh, it was not pressed. So, following with that, um, not the technical glitch, but... Bouncing yeah, yeah. back towards the, the marketing and, you know, you saying how you're able to see that you're glad to see that people are picking up on what you're doing, which, I mean, you are. And I don't know if you've combed through the Gary Vaynerchuk 300 slot, slide course, deck. yeah. So you probably, it's like your Bible, I'm sure. Of course, yeah. And Actually, so, there's two decks and they both are the Bible. Yeah. There's, I did not know the <clears> second <throat> deck came out. Well, the, uh, you might, which deck have you seen? The, the, the 300 So page. there was one before that. There's like 50 though. It was uh there was a set, like a seventy page one a couple yeah, yeah. A couple okay, years okay. ago yeah, yeah yeah so I've, I've seen both of those okay okay so for those that aren't aware Matthew Laborde who's uh, owns Elephant Realty was actually on a previous show the Patty G show I think he was episode ten or eleven I'm not sure but go back and check it out and you can hear a lot more about the how Elephant got started because we're going to talk about what they're marketing with um, and with that you're going on I mean y'all are y'all aren't doing your basic here's your property here's its value here's what it's listed for mm-hmm. y'all are like creating content y'all are talking about the industry the trends y'all are seeing I mean you've had people going to the business report talking about you know what is happening during covid yeah. how is it impacting the you know commercial real estate how is it impacting the residential real estate how is it impacting people leasing you know and yeah. what kind of how, how do you manage that as a marketing director all these different facets um so it's a lot i'll just preface with saying everything that i'm doing I always feel like i'm not doing enough so i I don't. So I, th- I feel like if I start talking about stuff, somebody might look at you know what we're doing online and say, oh, they're not doing this. I would love to do everything. So we're we're doing it. We're getting after it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so really, what we want to do, what we kind of think is going to be most effective for us to give our clients the best uh, service is to put them in front of the most people. Um, and that pr- that sounds pretty relatively simple. Um, but you. And one of the big theses that Gary Vee, I'll probably say his name 50 times, but that's okay. One of his big things is you got to go where the people are. And so, yes, being in the business report is great because there's a lot of business people and corporate professionals uh, in Baton Rouge that read the business report. And those are typically the kind of people who are, you know, buying and selling commercial real estate. Um, But then there's also, you know, most people nowadays are on social media more so than they are watching TV or reading, you know, a magazine or especially the newspaper. Um, so we're basically trying to go where the people are. So that that really means trying to uh, put ourselves out there as much as possible and post as much as possible. Another thesis is post 100 pieces of content a day. Yes. Which where, where are you all at with that? Right? We're not 100 pieces. Okay. We're not 100 pieces. But uh, so I do keep metrics like on what we're doing. Um, and we do about like 120 pieces of content a week. Okay. Uh, so and the main platforms that we are kind of operating on are YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, and we do have a couple TikTok videos, more so just for f- testing and having some fun. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, so that's kind of the main thing is we're, we're trying to put our clients and um, as a proxy to putting our clients out there, we're trying to put ourselves out there as much as possible. And that kind of comes down to just number one, talking about what we know and putting it out there um, because especially commercial real estate, I feel like before I got into commercial real estate, it was very opaque. You know, it's very kind of uh, a lot of people don't think about it, but there's a lot of interesting things that happen. You know, literally every business that you go to movie theater, restaurant, that's all commercial real estate. And so it's kind of one of those things that people don't think that they're interested in or is interesting until they hear about it. So that's one of the things we try to do is like, engage people and, you know, quote, normal people who aren't in commercial real estate through Instagram and Facebook and put out stuff that we know. Um, and then also, you know, try to, uh, set ourselves up as, uh, industry leaders because we have a lot of experience and knowledge on the things that uh, we're dealing with every day. And so, but it's kind of, you know, you, there's kind of two thoughts, um, on this and I go back and forth between, uh, between, these two thoughts, but one is putting yourself out there and telling people how great you are. The other is doing a good job and letting other people tell other people how great you are, testimonials and things like that. And we want to do both of those things. Right. So, uh, so that's kind of the, I guess the summary of, of what we're trying to do with, with the social media or with the social media specifically. And then what you asked about just like managing uh, that as a marketing director, uh, it, it's a lot and I always want to do more, but really I've kind of come to realize that try to spend more time, um, putting work out there than coming up with work to put out there. If that makes sense, like the yeah. you know, documenting rather than creating <clears throat> right. type and, thing. And Gary, Gary preaches it all the time. Yeah. He preaches, you know, document over create. <clears throat> right. It's so that, so that's one thing I've, I've learned doing, uh, kind of being in this realm for the past year over year and a half about a year and a half now almost is kind of just trying to do that and just post put it out there so um yeah i don't know hopefully that answers what you asked no dude that was was, that was spot on because i want to go into now that y'all you have a lot of people i mean a lot of people in elephant goes they go on various shows. They go on various podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Not not late night TV shows or anything, but I mean, sure, Matthew, he'd be great late night TV show. Maybe. Um, Maybe we should try it. <laughs> we really should, man. I mean, you got the perfect studio for it. That's true. But so you have all these people that are going out and talking to other people on their shows or bringing on other people to talk mm-hmm. about stuff. Is that kind of, for somebody who's trying to run a business, they may see that as taking away from really right. making yeah, yeah. cold calls. Yeah. So how do you... I know Matthew is great in all this stuff because he knows the value of it. But for somebody that's out there who is a marketing director at another company where their boss or somebody just is like, oh, what, why? You yeah. know, that's not, we're not going to see any ROI on that. You know, we're not going to, you're going to waste so much time. You're going to waste these people's time. They should have been cold calling. They should have been out there talking to clients that are already looking for properties. Why are you going to have them go on somebody's podcast and talk to a doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you going to have them go on somebody's podcast whose name is patty g and wait for two and a half hours and just chat about nothing you know what how do you as a marketing director how do you convince or not even convince how do you display the value of that directive to Um, your boss so i think one thing that's pretty that like sticks out in my mind right now is like what we're doing Mm -hmm. so like we wouldn't be doing this podcast if elephant hadn't been putting out content for the past year and then on top of that all the content that you spend as a comp- as a business as a company 
all of the content that you spend time putting out, that content lives forever. So the cold call that you make in the morning, while very important, and definitely don't want to take away from client relations because that's, you know, you definitely have to keep, as we discussed a few minutes ago, keep mm-hmm. the cash flow going. That's it. But um, when you're putting out content, especially in the digital age, it all lives forever. So um, a year from now, someone could look back at this podcast and say, I want that company representing my property because they're going to get it in front of the most people. Hopefully, if you're listening, that's what we're looking for. Um, Or they might say uh, they might see an interview that Matthew did talking about how commercial real estate has been affected by the coronavirus. And so a year from now, somebody might see that and and, you know, either like what he has to say or think this guy is in tune with what the market's doing day to day and has the answers for and can give his clients good advice. Uh, so it's 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 not like uh, you don't have to do an either or by any means, I would say, number one. And uh, if you have the resources to have a marketing director like me, uh, really, they should be just you should turn them loose to put out as much as they can about what your company is doing. And then you just got to see if it works. I mean, I'm a, I'm like a big fan of competition, mm-hmm. which is a reason that I came to work for Matthew at Elephant is because I liked him and I liked his uh, his attitude towards I mean, wants to take over the market basically and wants to win. And so I'm a big fan of competition. And if your stuff is not as good as the competition, then you shouldn't get the business. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that you just, as a company, uh, you should be of course doing your cold calling and pitching people on why your company is better. Uh, but I also think you should be putting your company out there as much as possible. And then, letting the, you know, letting kind of the public decide if they, if they think you're better than the competition. Uh, so I'm giving a long winded answer to, I love it. This is what it's about. What, if you're a marketing director at a company, uh, you should ask for permission and push as much as possible to document what your company is doing and create content around it and then just post. And it doesn't have to be a hundred pieces of content a day and all like all this stuff. Um, and if you're like an entrepreneur, just post like once a day on one platform about something, just whip out your phone and like film a video with your thoughts. That stuff I think is really good. And, uh, still to this day, after years of being in social media landscape, there's a lot of people that don't do it. So, yeah. And that's, I want to, I want to go down that rabbit hole of the people that don't do social media for the sense that in the back of their mind, they see it as a tool or a game that their kids play on or something that the millennials that they have now grouped a 40 year window into for whatever this is actually this is actually a really uh what cogent i think the right word is cogent cogent point for elephant realty Mm -hmm. because uh you know in commercial real estate most people that own commercial real estate aka our clients are typically older Mm -hmm. uh and so yeah they're you know that's the whole thing of why would we do instagram if our clients most of them are 40 plus, 50 plus. Why would we do TikTok if our clients are 40 plus, 50 plus? Um, so I'm, I am slightly jealous of companies who have stuff to sell to 13 year olds because they can do all that stuff. And it's like makes, bang energy, just tearing yeah, up TikTok. Yeah, like bang energy or whatever. Um, but at some point, you know, I'm 30, you're 24, 23. Yep. At, at some point, we're going to be 50. Right. And you want your company to be around whenever we're 50 and buying commercial real estate or whatever the product is. So there's that argument, which once you kind of say it, it makes sense. I guess some people don't think about that, but nobody wants their business to be 
over in five years. So you got to do stuff for 30 years from now. Uh, but then the other thing is like how many people read the newspaper nowadays? How many people watch TV uh, versus how many people are watching videos on YouTube and getting their news through Instagram? My wife literally only gets her news through Instagram. So um, she's spending all of her time on Instagram. She deleted her Facebook account. Um, you know, so I mean, you got to go where the people are. And I think yeah. that's like the strongest and the whole, there, there's the whole thing of like ROI. Um, and I don't know if I have like a great answer to that sort of question, but a strong point in favor of doing the type of marketing that we're talking about is it's evergreen lasts forever. You, you know, if you do a billboard at some point it's coming down and right. if you don't pay for it, um, <laughs> or, you know, a hurricane knocks it over, you know, stuff like that. Um, but then it's, it's like, um, there's, you, you can't really look at if I spend a dollar and I don't make $2, it's a waste of money because there's so many avenues, um, of putting your brand out there to where it will pay off, you know, $1 to a hundred dollars, maybe three, three years from now, four years from now or something like that. So, um, it's kind of a put it out there and see what happens game rather than let's budget a hundred dollars and see if we can make $500 next month. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect so, sense. Uh, so if you have as a business owner, the resources to do that, or you just have the, let's see what happens attitude. I think you're going to win on both of those fronts. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's, you keep going back to the point of going where the audience is. Yeah. You know, back however many years you want to take a look at this, you know, this timeline, audience views and audience intention alters with technology. Mm -hmm. At first, you know, I saw a great picture probably a couple of weeks back uh, about the change. They said the, ch the times have changed. And it was a picture of this New York alley with probably about 12 guys leaning against the building, reading a newspaper mm -hmm. with all their 1930s Fords Model A's in the pulled up next to them. It showed a, a picture right below it of this another 12 guys leaning against the wall on their phones mm -hmm. with newer cars in front of them, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just to show that people are saying, oh, why are all these people spending time on their phones? Why are they spending time on social media? But it's not the fact of social media. It's the fact of how they're receiving their information. Mm -hmm. Back in you know the 30s or the 40s or pre uh, smartphone technology, people received their sources of information, their sources of news from paper, mm -hmm. from tangible substance, or from radio, you know, or billboard, as you mentioned earlier as well. They didn't receive it at the touch of their hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, now businesses, I have a friend of mine who like lives in the Bahamas because he runs his entire business off his smartphone. It's awesome. You know, and it's having that ability nowadays is realizing tools are advancing and people's attention is changing. It's a change. It's changing in the sense of some people, depending on the industry, will like long form, and so they'll listen to your podcast, yep. and my podcast, because we average about an hour, yep. hour and fifteen, hour and a half. I listen long to three-hour podcasts all the time. Exactly, and you have people like Joe Rogan who blew up, whose shortest podcast is like two hours. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and understanding the change in times and understanding that you have to adapt in order to succeed and grow your business is huge. And mm -hmm. I'm loving that elephant is realizing that because a lot of people I've talked to who are more advanced in their time here on earth, <laughs> older, <laughs> older, they're old people, right? They're old people. I don't, I don't want to say old people. I don't want to say old people because they're not old. I'm old to you. You told me earlier. Old is a relative term. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't, I see. I don't think that's old because I get mistaken for that age. 
Yeah. And so like, I thought you were 30. So, exactly. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, Hey, like what, what is 30? Right. Um, <laughs> ultimate question. What is 30? But it's amazing for people <laughs> who are past the 30 mark. I feel like it's more of a 40 <clears throat> to 50 timeline whenever they look at LinkedIn. Because I, w- I, w- I want to go deep into LinkedIn because I've had a couple people from Guarantee Media on, and we talked about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. By couple. I think I've listened couple, to Couple, actually. Yes, too. Jada Cody and Brian Haldane. Yep, I've listened to both. They both came on, and Brian, he was so turned off of LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So turned off. I'm like, dude, why are you turned off on LinkedIn? And he said, because isn't I already have a job. Mm-hmm. What do I need to go? I'm like, all right, you're missing the point of LinkedIn, man. Mm-hmm. You're missing the point. And... Jay and I didn't get into much of it because we were just having wine and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Franz from the Guru Show also came on and we were talking about LinkedIn and social media. And for him, it was more around the conversation of when to hire somebody like you. Mm. When to, as the business owner, do we let go of the reins and say, no, bring on somebody like Chase mm. and have him run my social media. I can actually say something about that because, so I... Uh, well, the backstory is not super necessary, but we're going to get to the backstory. Okay, okay. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna get to your your, your pre marketing <laughs> business prior to coming. So December two thousand eighteen, I started Elephant. Okay. Um, and before and so uh, Matthew started Elephant a couple years before that, uh, and so he had been doing like most of the posting, marketing stuff. And then he had some uh, people assist and do some things for him. Uh, one really great person in particular uh, who goes unnamed at the moment, but she knows who she is. Uh, she's cool. Um, You're out there. Reach out to me. I want to talk to you. <laughs> you know her. Um, I do. Yeah. Has she been on the show? No. Okay. Uh, so, but I don't, I don't call on people out on the podcast. I'll do it. No, but that's fine. Anyway, so I started and... Um, uh, I guess the short short version is props to Matthew, but just a couple months in, basically he was totally hands off of like what was happening. So like business owner hires some person that he doesn't know before starting, and then a couple months in is basically like do it. Um, and uh, so I would say that that is props to him because I think that's been like a huge uh, advantage for us to like he doesn't think about. As, like we have a, a weekly marketing meeting, like me and him, and we talk about what's happening and talk about metrics and strategy and things like that, like what we might want to do. But 98% of the time, he's not really thinking about the marketing happening um, because number one, our thesis is just put out what's happening in the company. But then also um, he, you know, we've kind of like got into a, a rhythm of things and things are happening. So um, basically, I guess what I'm getting at is... I kind of have the experience of coming on as a marketing person and then dealing with business owner uh, concerns and things like that and then kind of going through that. So there is a very scary, and I've had a business of my own too, so I I can, can relate to that because I really didn't want to turn stuff over to people that were doing work for me. Um, so like I get it, uh, but I would say you have to find someone who uh, is on the same wavelength as you, whatever the wavelength is. Like if if you're a business owner and you're making money, you obviously are doing something right. So find someone who thinks similar to you and can, uh, you know, and maybe has strengths in areas that you don't have, but you don't want to hire somebody who it doesn't feel like a good match. And if they're not a good match, get rid of them. Um, but once you kind of have that, I would say my advice would be to just let, like give them some direction and then let it happen and then kind of course correct as it's happening. Uh, because the worst thing 
as a marketing person, marketing person, I don't even know what that term means really, but <laughs> as a person who puts out and consumes a lot of marketing things, the worst thing that I see is a company who puts out a post, especially on social media that just feels like a company. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's like, it's like how many people read this paragraph before you posted it? And then how many, you know, corrections were made to this word before it went out? Um, if you're going to do that as a business owner, I would say don't do that. Uh, like, in, especially nowadays, the companies that communicate as people um, are, seems like to me, and we try to do this, are much more successful and doesn't it doesn't feel as boring i guess is a, 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 right. a good way, word to use um so yeah i mean I, I would say like find someone who thinks similar to you and then let their creative thing go and kind of and kind of like direct a little bit what they're doing um but in my opinion there's so many avenues to explore um if you're let's say like if i was going to create if we had five thousand dollars to put one ad in a magazine that was going out to a certain number of people. Yes, we would like go over that ad a lot and mm -hmm. make sure it was like really good, right. really nice. And if we had $50,000, you know, in 1985 that we were going to make a commercial with, mm -hmm. we would want to craft the most amazing message and all that stuff. Right. But nowadays you can go for 60 seconds, type something on your phone and it could potentially go out to tens of thousands of tens of thousands of people and it's at no cost. So there's no reason to not try it and there's no reason to not explore what's available and different things that you could do and see what works, I guess, and figure it out. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's I I love how you touched on the fact if you could spend five thousand dollars, you're gonna make sure you're gonna come over everything of that nature. But what I wanna kinda get into on that five thousand dollars is when you have that five grand, you're gonna run it through, let's say you run it through an edition of a magazine, that one edition of the magazine. Whenever they tell you their numbers, they're anticipating that that magazine that's purchased for that business, they're anticipating hundreds of people over the course of a lifetime of the magazine are gonna look through that and see your ad. Your ad could be on page 38 of 100, mm -hmm. and they're anticipating that you're gonna see that ad in that page. But for me, what's more interesting is why don't you find somebody who's producing a lot of content and sponsor a video of theirs? Mm -hmm. Sponsor, we're going to throw a little, little, little tag in here. A little sponsor plug. a little plug. Sponsor a podcast. <laughs> you know, sponsor somebody like you can sponsor the Patty G Show or Chase Doesn't Really Know. Mm -hmm. It's not really, it's just Chase, Chase doesn't, doesn't Know. know. That's the Chase podcast. Doesn't Know is a podcast. Yep. Sponsoring something like that for. At our rates, you could get it for a while, you know, because yeah. we're we're not talking. You're gonna be oh five grand. Oh yeah, you get one episode, you yeah. know, and you get me it, for uh, at least six months. <laughs> it, 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 exactly my point. And so from there, the ROI for that five grand spent that way, because you can get really creative nowadays with how you want to do your ads. Definitely. For example, we could essentially put ads on the back wall right here mm -hmm. with people's names. And if this, whatever form that this video gets cut up in and clipped in, or this audio gets cut up and clipped into, you're going to see that brand. Well, how many impressions is that video going to get? Mm -hmm. And how many tangible impressions can you then show the client what they're receiving as opposed to a magazine mm -hmm. or a billboard? What I can show you from that billboard is how many cars drive on the interstate. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. I cannot tell you how many eyes are looking up from those cars to the billboard. Right. I cannot tell you how many people are walking down the street and see your park bench. And another distinction is 
all 50,000 of those people in the cars see the same billboard. Mm -hmm. But on the digital landscape, you'll have 20 people see this and 20 people see this different message and 20 people see this different message. And so you have a lot more opportunities to put what is your same brand and you should have some consistency with that, of course. Right. Uh, but you know, we're talking about different stuff every day. Um, and so different people are going to see different messages at different times mm-hmm. all for free. And that could potentially lead. I mean, we have like, you know, a lot of people say, uh, do you actually get business from your social media stuff that you do uh, that elephant does? And we had, we put out this weekly, um, newsletter mm-hmm. for, um, email, but right, we, just, we collect information on the market and publish it and send it out to whoever wants it. We've gotten like significant business from that. Yeah. We've gotten significant business from a connection made on LinkedIn. Like, Oh, I saw that. Uh, we've had me and one of our agents showed up at a large event in Vegas and a president of another company knew who he was just from a LinkedIn video that he saw. He's like, Oh, I saw your LinkedIn video. And, and we didn't know his name, but he was the president of a massive company. So it's like, uh, you know, that's the ROI, I guess. Like it's, it's not going to show up on a spreadsheet. Right. Uh, which of course, as a business owner, that's something that you have to take. Uh, that's something you have to take by faith, I guess, you know, like we're just going to put it out there and see if it works. And that's always scary. Uh, but I think if if you put it out there, it's going to work one way or the other. Right, and especially going to, you know, like for Matthew, he reads the email update that y'all go yep, through. the pulse. That, the pulse. That to me is incredible because I'm like, yeah, I could read that, but having Matthew give his take yeah. and having that personal flair, like you said, mm-hmm. like I said before, having the, having the company have that personal brand, mm-hmm. that personal image that people can see and listen and be like, I relate to him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because like, you know, if you see some... 14 page PDF report on oh, Facebook. Who's going to read that? No one's going to read it. But if Matthew's up there with the screen share and walks you through it, it's much more uh, engaging mm-hmm. for people. Um, and another point about just like the, the whole time investment thing that you mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, I set a, we set a thing up on Matthew's computer that he clicks a button to open the program, clicks a button to record. He talks for five minutes and then clicks close and it automatically saves to Dropbox. And then I take it and publish it everywhere. So business owner spends, you know, he's going to look at that anyway and like look at all the deals and everything. So why not record himself doing it and then put it out there uh, and, and potentially get another thousand impressions or 10,000 impressions or two impressions. But uh, it's, yeah, it's so you're the the biggest point, the biggest uh, the what's the word, the biggest con, I guess that most people would say, why should I spend time doing this is, is, uh, you know, I don't want to take away from me running my business or I don't want to take away from talking to clients. Um, actually a little quick note. One thing I really would love to do with elephant that we've done some, uh, and this is a little bit of a under like a candid disclosure here, but Ooh, you're getting a little sneaky, sneaky peek over here, guys. One thing that would be great for us to do, I think, um, is to do a little more documenting of actual client relations and stuff, uh, to do a little more documenting of, the actual conversations we're having with clients and like not, you know, there's a lot of confidentiality and things like that, that we won't even get into, but we both can relate to confidentiality of course, with our clients. You definitely can. <laughs> um, but I feel like that is uh, potentially something that people would be interested in. Like, um, how did this person purchase this mall or things like that? You know? So, um, 
again, I think the the biggest thing is if you're having a, an issue with spending the time, the time investment, um, figure out a way to record what's happening and then put it out, put it out there. So yeah, and that's I know I know Gary V all the time is talks about quantity over quality because when you he get actually, to the point, he actually says both. Right. Well, he says when you get to the day, point but. of a high quality of high quantity, the quality catches up. Mm. So it's the it's the fact that if you never if you never post, you're never going to see what quality is. Yeah. But if you are constantly posting, you're constantly putting your message out there. You know what quality is. So your your quantity is going to exceed you initially, but eventually that quality is going to catch up, and then you're going to be level and level. The, go ahead. Sorry. And then you're going to be putting out like 100 pieces of content a day that are just blowing people away. Yeah. And this is another thing too. Like I, I, cause I saw him say something about that. And then I had the thought like, what is, what is quality? Like, it's a relative term. My friend. Yeah. And so, you know, a quality post is subjective yeah. to different people. So number one, you're not going to find quality if you have zero quantity. So you have to put it out there. Um, and then whatever you think might be quality might actually be terrible. Yeah. And, and most importantly, non, not valuable to anybody. Uh, so yeah, so you have to put a lot out there to figure out what people are liking and consuming and what brings them value. That's the most important part. Um, and then how many of your clients are saying, Oh, I saw that thing you put out. I really liked it. I think for us, that's really like the biggest ROI is when we, of course, when we get new clients who come to us cause they see our content somewhere, but then also people who, uh, engage with us and hire us because they know that we're going to put them out there more. So, um, so yeah, like what is quality? You have to, you have to put out there to figure it out. So, yeah. And it's, not every business is going to use every social platform the same. Of course. You know, you're going to have people with... And you shouldn't. And you, right. And, and that's, I, I actually try not to, but that's another point. But go yeah, ahead. But no, no, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, want to, I want to go there. Not only to the fact of every business is going to be unique in how they use social media, but every platform is different mm-hmm. in how you use it. You know, for, for LinkedIn, you're going to go heavy on business conversation. You're going to go heavy on business articles. Y'all are going to go heavy on, hey, office space. You know, y'all are going to go heavy on, ooh, investment property. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I see what y'all do and I, yeah. and I pay attention to it because a good thing about, um, one, one thing about being a good marketer is seeing what other people do that works. You know, like if I see somebody who's got this post that's gone viral or has caught wind and has picked up value, I'm like, all right, what do they do different in that post than everybody else did? Mm-hmm. You know, but <clears throat> for Instagram, y'all are going to post a lot of, you know, potentially drone footage. You're going to post a lot of this or a lot of that that's particular to Instagram that the people on the platform want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all are at like 1,100 and plus on LinkedIn. Yep. Because over, yeah. from, for example, the podcast I did with Matthew, you've cut that up well over 12 times. Yeah, I think it, I don't know if it's quite 12, but thanks. But I, I, it's, I, a, it's a number, yeah. It's, 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 it's more than one. You it's know? more it's, than it's one. It's more than the initial <laughs> yeah. video. Yeah, for you, sure. And you've cut up questions from there, and it's continuously gotten posts, and you've continuously gotten engagement from that one long-form content. And every time I post it, you share it. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. And that's the value of not only within podcasts, but including other people in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Because... People like to have their voice heard. Mm-hmm. People like to feel special. When you make other people feel special, they're more inclined to help you. Yeah, I think so. I think and as right. a company, social media is a perfect way to do that. Have your customers do a little 10, 15 second bit as to why they chose you. Mm-hmm. Post it. You know, Say, hey guys, look, 
you know, <laughs> partner up with other brands. Yeah. Like y'all did with the giveaway. Y'all mm-hmm. did it with Rally Cap and Cafe Cito. Cafe Cito, which I want a bag of coffee, guys, by the way. Yeah. It's not it, rigged. It wasn't rigged. Very legal and I very can real. Officially say that was not rigged. Right. Although some people I feel will probably still gonna say it was That's rigged. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> but so going back to the to the LinkedIn model of trying to just pound home to people, it's not just for job applications. Yeah, yeah. It's not just to post about, oh, hey, I did this cool project at work, check it out. While all that is a, is widely accepted there for business development. For example, like you said before in your, in your episode when we started chatting about, you know, I created a LinkedIn event mm-hmm. on the Patty G Show yeah, page. This, this is crazy to me. So I created an event, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I Normally, it was always on Facebook, and I always did it spur of the moment. I had so many of my friends text me like, dude, I would have watched your show, but you did it at like a random time, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. had no idea what's happening. I'm like, all right. So then I need to lock in a time. Like I saw that from multiple people were like, dude, it's so random. I don't know when you're coming on. Mm-hmm. I want to watch, but I don't know when it's happening. I'm like, okay, got it. I will cre- I will figure out how to create an event. And so I created an event on Facebook the first time, and I had some trouble because I ended up just going live on the page as opposed to in yeah, the yeah. event. I think this time I nailed it, and so we'll see what happens. But then we didn't have the Wi-Fi, and you couldn't share it. And on yours. But, Sorry about know, that's my fault. Sorry about that, dude. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you learn to roll with the punches for sure. You yeah. learn to adapt and adjust. And at the end of the day, if you are sitting there getting upset about one thing going wrong, you know. About the record button not being pushed on the microphone. About the Wi Fi not fire. working. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, for sure. Who cares? You've got, you, you've got the video going, but circling back around on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I created an event on LinkedIn. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. the first event I ever created on LinkedIn, and I've figured out how to use it. And I, I made a couple posts in there, kind of updating people about the event as we came on, as we got closer, because I created it yesterday. And I'm expecting, like, five people mm-hmm. to to mark attending the five people being every elephant employee yeah you know and that and i don't even it. know if they i don't know if everybody would attend but yeah i think three <laughs> i think it was you matthew um mark and uh maybe george i think george george yeah. and george appreciate it george i love george if you're watching love you man <laughs> i need more press conferences from you okay that was gold <laughs> that was his idea by the way george we need more ideas creative like brain yeah creative elephant you're ever evolving and so before going on and before going live on the show, I had like 84 people marked attending. I know, it's nuts. And I'm like, I did not expect that. And all this to say, when people see, oh, it's only 84 people, like you're starting out, you're starting a brand, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to start and get 100,000 people to time in, okay? Not everybody is going to post one piece of content that's going to go viral and get a million hits. Yeah. Everybody has to start somewhere. And so building that brand for a company is crucial to start now. Mm-hmm. The best time to start the brand was when the social media platforms were first created. The second best time is now. Right. And that, I think, with what y'all are doing at Elephant is just phenomenal in the fact that y'all are continuously utilizing every tool at y'all's capacity to continuously grow the brand. And I love that. And so starting to kind of wrap up the podcast episode, because I know that we've been talking for well over two hours and we can continue talking for another yeah, two hours. We can. But we both have wives and a you have a child to go home I do. to. A beautiful little baby. A beautiful little baby. The I love it. Pretty, prettiest, cutest, adorablest <laughs> baby in the world. <laughs> so we didn't, and we're going to have to do a round two for both of us because there's just so much to unpack here and there's so much to talk about. But what are two lessons that you've kind of gathered and learned along the way 
both with the marketing brand, which we didn't touch on, <laughs> and working at L. Actually, I want one from each. Okay. I want one from your time because even though people, this is just a this, the biggest cliffhanger of all time is going to be episode two with Chase. <laughs> wow. Of his story of how he started a marketing brand and then turned into working for Elephant. Wow. It's biggest not that cliffhanger. Exciting, so. <laughs> Build it up. You're right. Build it up. It's, the most, it's it going to be the most there incredible story that you have ever heard. So, so come so, back. <laughs> so one lesson from working for yourself and another lesson <laughs> from working for Elephant. Um, okay. So I wish I – like this would have been a good one for you to tell me before that I could prepare a little bit. I like them off the cuff. <laughs> okay. Because it's the first thing that comes to your so head. I did. So I did start like right out of college, started company. That's all I give. Just so the round two story is, is still we're, there. We're going we're gonna to preface it. Right. So for a few years, it developed into a marketing company. Um, actually, and this might not be applicable to uh, – hopefully it's applicable, but might not be what you're expecting. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if I've actually said this out loud maybe except to my wife, but I, I think it. one lesson that I learned from doing that is maybe I'm not the best operator, AKA CEO type person. Um, and I'm still personally coming to terms with that because I do love, like I loved having the business and doing things like that. Um, but so I think like, uh, especially now a year, like a year and a half in doing this job, um, that may be the one lesson that I learned is that, uh, and I think I might would still give it, Matthew, don't listen to this part. I think I might at some point still give it Earmuffs. a go, <laughs> still give it a go to be a, like have my own business again, uh, full time. <clears throat> okay. Matthew, you can take your earphones off, but, uh, but that might be the one. So like, I, cause I think I'm more efficient now than I was then, uh, just because, well, I don't know, to be honest, I'm still unpacking it. So that might be one. So maybe the lesson from that is realize what you're good at and what you're not good at, and then try to tailor what you're doing towards that in the general direction. The thing I've learned from working at uh, Elephant as the marketing person is I very much would prefer to put out quality than quantity personally. Um, and I, for some reason, hopefully a lot of people feel this way because I right. think maybe some people will, but like I see people posting things, uh, you know, cause I'm consuming a, a good bit too, trying to see what's happening, but always feel like, Oh man, that person's crushing. And like, this person's doing this great thing. And Oh, that's a great idea. Like, why didn't I come up with that idea? So kind of that whole, uh, general thinking process, uh, has made me and really me wanting to come up with new and creative ideas and putting out something that's really amazing rather than doing something that, uh, maybe more so needs to be done, if that makes sense. But I think I've kind of, and I'm still kind of trying to uh, mold myself in that direction of concerning myself less with doing perfection and uh, just putting stuff out there. Because a couple reasons that I've learned is you don't like, you really don't have time to perfect stuff and nothing's ever going to be perfect. Uh, and your idea is always going to be trumped by someone else's idea. But your job is to then try to trump their idea with your next idea. So uh, it's like a, I kind of have noticed myself uh, in this job over the past year and a half wanting to arrive at some location professionally or with what we're doing. But I realized that you're, it's never going to happen. It's, all, it's a constant thing. Uh, and so I'm like really liking it, obviously. Uh, so, But I think that's one thing that I've learned is to really just try to keep going keep improving and doing better, uh, but not think too much about being perfect, I guess. So hopefully those were two 
That's perfect, man. Good qu- answers to the question. <laughs> that's that perfect. You were wrapping up with understanding yourself and realizing that nothing can ever really be perfect. Yeah, I think that's very true. I'm learning it more, but for sure. I love it, I think man. done is better than, better than perfect, like Sheryl Sandberg said. <laughs> <laughs> done better than perfect, yes. So um, what is it about Baton Rouge that what, – what is something you like about Baton Rouge? Um, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I've lived here my whole life. All right, life. moving on. I've lived actually, I've lived slightly outside of Baton Rouge my whole life. Okay. So I lived in Zachary, uh, for like m- the first part of my life. And then my family moved to central and then me and my wife have lived out in Denham. Uh, but we're trying to move into B into BR. Um, I think I like Baton Rouge besides the obvious stuff like football and it's my hometown and stuff like that. Um, but something that I've actually noticed being in commercial real estate for the past year and a half or, you know, in the industry is like, they're actually like a lot of people say the cliche, there's so much opportunity here. And like, and you know, Baton Rouge has so much potential, but like, I actually believe that now, like, I think it actually does have a lot of potential. And, um, I think that it could be, uh, I think it's a great city, but I think it could be a city that everyone in the U.S. knows because you go to like a northern state and actually this is kind of funny. A quick story. Sorry. Hit it. Hit it. But everybody that I meet outside of Louisiana, if I tell them, uh, and I've done a few trade shows and stuff in the past, if I tell them I'm from Baton Rouge, literally every person says, oh, Baton Rouge. <laughs> but that's all they know about it. So I think that Baton Rouge, I'm actually believing that Baton Rouge can be a city that everyone knows. Um, And especially like with, you know, there's different areas of Baton Rouge that uh, have seen explosion of improvements and then other areas that need some improvements type thing, if that makes sense. Um, But I think there, I actually believe that there's a lot of potential here and a place that you know, every LSU student would want to stay for and, uh, and all the families would want to live closer to the, to the center rather than out, uh, and only come to the town, come to town for a LSU game. Um, again, a long winded answer, but, uh, I think that's one thing I've come to love about Baton Rouge in the past year and a half. Uh, and this is someone who wants to go live in Hong Kong and New York and like somewhere else for a while just to kind of feel it out. Cause I've been here for 30 years and haven't lived anywhere else. Um, but I do. Yeah. I'm like loving Baton Rouge and believing that it actually, uh, has a lot of potential in the past year and year and a half. So I, love yeah. it. so- I, I don't know where these long winded answers are coming from. <laughs> I usually don't give long answers. I know, but- <laughs> like before, before the episode, he was all worried. He was like, man, I don't know what we're going to talk about. You know? I don't know. How are we going to fill a whole episode actually, with just me? I figured it out. It's not a long winded answer. It's just a ramble, but hopefully you can pull Dude, a little bit from it. <laughs> I'm going to pull all of it, man. That's that's what the show is about. The show is about long-winded answers and rabbit holes. Nice. That's just, it's how it is. Yep. And then one one final question, which I hope you knew was coming. Of course. How can you help me? Yes. What can I do to help you? <laughs> okay. Uh, I did think about this, actually. Oh, perfect. One thing is uh, Kenny Wynn. Yes. Franz Borkhart. Yes. Uh, Amy Dighton. Yes. Uh, I had these people in my head before. Uh, he's going off a list of guests. Uh, there's a few people that I, I need your help getting on my podcast. Ah, you want to you want to tap you want to <laughs> yeah. tap into the Patty G Show guest list. Hey, look, if if LinkedIn is for networking, then podcasting is for making connections. Making connections, there we go. 
Thanks for finishing that for me. <laughs> uh, no, it would be great to meet those people, of course. Uh, but the other thing, I don't know. I, I love the feedback that you've given me on the elephant marketing. Oh, I haven't given you much. Uh, so that's always great. And then, yeah, just promoting Baton Rouge is what you're doing is great. So keep doing that. Uh, dude, I'm all I'm all about Baton Rouge. <laughs> nice. Love so, it. all right. Well, Chase, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the the generosity that's been shown here at Elephant for round two. And Absolutely. I foresee a lot, more, a lot more episodes coming out of this Elephant uh, hub that it is. We'll do episodes with anyone and everyone. So so you heard that, guys. But only for Patty G, multiple appearances. That's right. That's I'm just right. kidding. You've got we'll you to have, have, you have the clout of we'll Patty it. G we'll <laughs> before you can have multiple appearances in the Elephant <laughs> Realty Studio. Um, but for everybody listening or watching, you have just embarked with us on the journey of the latest rendition of the Patty G show. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your time for sticking it in, you know, and listening to us for however long it's been. I don't really know. Cause it's the first time I haven't had a phone or a clock in front of me. Um, we, we de, uh, deviced you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I've been, devi- I've been de deviced. De deviced. Yes. <laughs> let's go with that route. But also little, little punch in here. Shh, check out elephant realty. And check out everything they're doing in Baton Rouge. They're doing amazing things. And all of that marketing, just pure genius. That guy right there. So check them out. Also, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to Chase Doesn't Know. That'd be which great. We're both on, you're on iTunes, right? Yep, I'm, so, on, I'm on everything. So we're on everything, all right? We're on, <laughs> there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You should not be already subscribed. And share the pages, please. <clears throat> Come on. Share Elephant. Use them for your commercial real estate needs. And share the Patty G Show. It's a button, guys. Click it. Click that button. Like it. Share it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Patty G, your host of the Patty G Show. We are signing out with Chase Weatherly from Elephant Realty. Thanks. Nice. You can turn it off, man. We're done. Appreciate it. Deuces. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.